here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I'd like to talk about a few impossible questions. Have you ever done any of these? Do you know what these are? (laughs) They're quite fun, really. They're quite fun indeed. So, the central question is, why did you choose your parents? Have you had fun answering that one yet? And that really is the central question. It's really the core question. Or, well, we can make it the core question for this exercise. Because it's so obviously impossible, and yet it gets at the very root of all that you are. And these impossible questions, well, they're lines of inquiry, really, and they're things to contemplate on, and they're things to come back over and over again. And the only way to really get any juice out of them is to really take them on and be open to them and think them through. Why did you choose your parents? I didn't choose my parents, Dosta. I didn't have any choice in the matter. Well, hang on just a second. Let's just make it a thought experiment, like hypothetically. Well, why did you choose them? You say, well, what is my choice out of? Let's, well, let's say that your choice was out of all the parents that there ever was, ever. Why did you choose to have these particular parents? What, did they, what exactly is it? Well, you see how this is quite different to saying, well, what's good about your parents? What's bad about your parents? How did your parents influence your upbringing? What are the events that your parents had in your early life that or they were involved in in your early life that affected you as an adult now? Or wherever you're at now. These are sort of these are sort of okay inquiries. These are yeah, sure, okay, we're getting into your conditioning and your cultural upbringing and that sort of thing. But the question, why did you choose your parents? That goes even deeper. That goes beyond all that. It really gets to the foundation of that. And there are other derivatives of this sorts of question. And a few of them that I like are, why did you choose to be born? And, why did you choose to come to planet Earth? Ooh, something a little bit spooky in that one. I can sense some aliens coming. Are you an alien from out of space? Well, there's something in that. 
There are whole paradigms that deal with aliens on Earth. And there's a reason for that. There's a place where that comes from, experientially and personally. And then there's also this question, why did you choose to be a boy? Or why did you choose to be a girl, if you're a girl? (laughs) Why did you choose the gender that you are? And there's a lot in that one too. And can you sense how they have different flavors to them? Can you sense how they get at different things? And you could say different things about them. Why did you choose to be born? I was born to be a star, baby. (laughs) Have you heard of that one before? Why did you come to planet Earth? I came to planet Earth to save the humankind. I wasn't born to do this. I quit this job. <laughs> That's another good one as well. I didn't come to planet Earth to pack shopping shelves. <laughs> Why did you choose to be a boy? Well, I chose because that's how my sexuality resonates. And when mum and dad found out that I had a sex change from being a woman, well, they were quite shocked and it was quite a big journey. And this one, and well, I actually chose this one consciously because I had a sex change. Well, this might be what you say. (laughs) This might be what some people are saying. And there's something in that. Actually, in the person that has a sex change, you can still ask this question. You can sort of, there's sort of two complexes to this question. Why did you choose to be a boy or a girl? Because there's the, okay, why did you choose to be a boy and a girl? which is, ah, you had a sex change. You obviously had reasons for it. What do you say about, like, what do you say about your your sex change? What does it mean to you? What was the before and after? What's the story that you tell yourself? Like, are you saying that it's the real you? Are you saying you're more expressive now? Are you feeling you're more comfortable now? Do you feel that you were always the gender that you've now turned into and it was just a matter of biology and then you can also ask well say you've had your sex change now so why did you choose to be born as the wrong sex so let's just say for conversation's sake that this person who's had a sex change is saying well i i was always a i was always a boy i always wanted to be a boy and yet i was born as a girl And then you say, well, why did you choose to be born as a girl then? And someone who's had a sex change, well, they have complexes that answer this question. Why did you choose to be the gender that you are? Which have varying degrees of depth. And the self-knowledge that is within that person and what they say about it Well, there's a varying degree of depth to that too. There's a varying degree of self-knowledge wealth. And some people who have sex changes really come out. And there's something quite beautiful in the celebration of coming out and finding yourself and having new self-knowledge and really being comfortable in your skin 
and really opening up to all the complexes and you've really thought it through and oh what a struggle it was what a what a hard struggle it is to have a sex change because you've got your family you've got your judgments of your society you've got the reactions of all the people in your life you've got how people treat you how people talk to you There's all all sorts of things. I can't imagine what it's like. And the question is, well, how do they deal with that adversity? How do they deal with the confusion? What was it like to be young? What was it like when you were eight years old, seven years old, six years old? And going around thinking, oh, I think I'm a boy when really everyone's telling me I'm a girl. And how far back someone goes in their story and how much they delve into, well, what they were thinking at the time, well, all of that only feeds to their self-knowledge. It only enriches their self-knowledge. And, well, one of the ways you can do that, how to enrich your self-knowledge, is to ask one of these questions. Why did you choose to be the gender that you are? And in a sense, actually, the answer to that question is, I chose to be both genders. Because you can be both genders. Not biologically, well, I mean, you can be a hermaphrodite, in a sense. Actually, there's many, there are many religious figures that are, especially in Hinduism, that are hermaphrodites for this very reason, which is that they're both They are characters which understand they can choose to be both a boy and a girl, and they choose both. They can move in and out of both. Now, that might be a hard nut for... There's a a hard nut to swallow, a hard uh, nut to crack, a a hard pill to swallow. I think I'm mixing up my phrases, but that might be a tough one for someone to get their head around if they've had a sex change. And you can answer that by saying, well, they're just more centrally in something than another. And that's why they decided to biologically go through with the sex change process. And, well, this actually starts to reveal that it's not just the body that a person is. It's also their psychology, their soul, their identity, their sense of self. And, well, that's what these questions get at. Why did you choose to be a boy or a girl? Why did you choose to be born? And what does it mean exactly to be born? That's the follow-up question. What does it mean to be born? Essentially, it means you're in this situation and you try and figure out what's going on and... We make our way through the dream. And there's, there's such a vast array of complexes to this that we don't know where to begin. <laughs> but this is not... Don't mistake why did you choose to be born with the life purpose meme. This is not a sense of Oh, this is not meant to give you the sense of, oh, 
yes, I'm here to do important work and that's my motivation for action-centered psychology. No, that's only the surface of it. The, the, The life purpose meme or finding your vocation is... It's really still just a smaller part of the larger perspective that you need to have of reality. And this is similar to the extreme ownership meme, which is really just the, it's sort of the ABC motivational psychology, like, yes, you can do it. Get up, get to the gym, do your routine. Yes, do your work. Yes, build your business. Yes, learn about things. And that's not what these questions are trying to get at. That might come up in the process of you answering these questions of why did you choose to be born, and that might be part of it, but that's not as far as it goes. And as far as it goes, as deep as it goes, is experiential. And it's an experience of the thing that is beyond that which we are talking about and that which we are in, this life that we are in. And that's implied in this question, why did you choose to be born? What happens when you really entertain that question is you're starting to step back out of life. And even further still, you're starting to step out what it means to step out of what it means to exist. You're really having a sense of, you really get a sense of what it means to not exist and compare that to what it means to exist. Can you feel that? Can you at least think that through conceptually? What, what did you, why did you choose to be born? So that implies that you, you aren't born. So here's the scenario. You're not born. You don't exist. And you can see that you have a choice to either keep on going how you are, not existing, or you can choose to be born and come into existence. And just imagine what's the sort of, what is the thing that is making that choice? What would the thing do? to weigh up the pros and the cons of that choice? How would they go about making that decision? It's not something that that thing would think through. It's not exactly something that that thing would feel or even intuitively know. We're going beyond thinking, beyond feeling, beyond intuition. And how do you make a decision when you don't have thoughts or feelings? How do you make a decision when you don't exist? And what does it mean to actually realize that you have the power to make that choice? What does it mean to realize that you can actually make that decision, even though when we say you, as in the thing that comes to light when I say you, doesn't exist yet? 
And that's some of the, well, that's some of the implications of why did you choose to be born? And the story is one thing. And if you really start to think it through, then, then you break into the experiential. Because you find these little pockets of implications in the question, which is, well, what does it mean to make a choice when you don't exist? And this isn't new. This is actually something that, well, it's sort of like the list of Zen koans, which is trying to put you experientially beyond what you are. And there's a, there's a famous religious text called the Book of the Dead, which talks about souls and how they go into the bardo and they stay there and then they choose to be reborn. And this also came up in our series when we were talking about Grace and Grit, which is the book by Ken Wilber. And we talked about that. And I did a full I did a full series on that book, which is a commentary, a chapter by chapter commentary. And it wasn't it wasn't a central thing. It was just a little thing that came up during that talk. So these concepts of non-being, there is a, well, there's a literature to non-being. And that's where these questions come from. That's where these Zen masters are trying to, well, it, it's the things that these Zen masters that have experienced these moments of non-existent have created. It's the things they've created in order to give someone else that sense so these are propellants of these questions propel you into the sense of something that is beyond all that you've known so far up until now all your experiences all your emotions all your thoughts and that's really something deep that's that you can see why now it's so hard to find a question like that. Because if we ask you a question which is like, how do you feel about your f family? Or how do you feel about your parents? Or how did your parents influence your upbringing? Well, that's, that's not going to go far enough. It's not going to go deep enough. You're still going to be on the level of the narrative. You're still going to be on the level of memories. Whereas if we say, why did you choose your parents? then you're starting to go beyond the narrative because there's no you've never told yourself a story about that and it is also possible to get stuck i mean you can you can answer these questions and say well that's the answer just like you can answer a koan or a philosophical question and then you can walk around with that in your mind you can say oh well Oh, well, I chose my parents because I knew that they would have a tension between them and then that tension would form my strength and I'd become a creative person and an independent person and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And you can weave any old sort of narrative about it. And then you go around living out that. So I don't think there's any guarantee in the success of a koan. I mean, koans... Koans have fallen on the ears of many, and less is it so that they've worked on those that they have.
So the question is now, <laughs> how are you hearing this koan? Which is, why did you choose your parents? And can you see now that I've explained a little bit of the way into how that leads to an experience that, well, you can keep doing that. Because you you can also make the mistake of just taking my answer for it. You could regurgitate what I've said here. Or you could be walking around with, with my ideas in your head now that I've fed them to you. And that would also be a mistake. The reason I give you some answers and the reason I explain it is to just demonstrate a little bit down the way of what it might look like to inquire into these questions. But you really do have to pick it up yourself and continue on. Because you'll find those things yourself. You'll, you'll start to realize. Like, and, and there's depths to it. Because I can say to you, for example, well, narrative is only a portion of your experience of the phenomenon of reality. And you could say, yes, okay, I understand it. But still, how big a portion? And how often do you remember it? And how clear actually is it? For you, the difference between narrative and memory. The difference between narrative and feeling. And do you separate your narrative from your moment-to-moment experientialism? Experiencing, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say experientialism, I should say. Your moment-to-moment experiencing. And that's a scale. That's a path. That's something you have to find out for yourself. So take a take a look into that one. Why did you choose your parents? Why did you choose your parents? And another way of answering that, well, what would have happened if you'd chosen to be born under someone else's parents? And whose parents do you really know? Whose parents do you know really well? Was there anyone in your life where you'd say, ah, I know what their parents were like to them. Might be a close friend. And maybe that's a gap in your knowledge. Maybe you need to say, maybe that could be the start of a very meaningful conversation with a friend. You can say, what were your parents like towards you when you were a kid? How did your parents affect you when you were a kid? Now, <laughs> you don't want to... I don't know if it would be much of a conversation starter to say, oh, why did you choose your parents? <laughs> no, you actually... Actually, what you want to do is you actually want to go on the on the more shallow side and you want to know about the narrative and you do want to know about the memories. But when it comes to sharing this... Uh, koans of... <laughs> Koans have never been good conversation starters. <laughs> In fact, there's probably nothing worse than a conversation. Well, probably, what am I trying to say? Nothing stops a conversation dead in its tracks like a koan. <laughs> so that's an important point. So these are, these are personal questions which you keep to yourself and you inquire into your own personal being so they're they're for your personal contemplation 
And when you're doing comparison comparisons as avenues that you find within these explorations, then you can come up with conversation starters, which will allow you to complexify your comparisons. A la asking a friend, well, what was it like to be you as a kid? And then you go back to your contemplation and you can say, okay, let's see, what would it have been like if I'd chosen them as my parents, these friends' parents, and I'd been born as them. And then you're starting to get into the differences. And the relative distant differences is still a part of this. So you've got sort of two broad sides to this. One is the experience of non-being, which is where your, your thoughts and your feelings and your memories, they collapse entirely. And that's the, that's the ultimate answer to the question, why did you choose your parents? But then you've got the relative answer, and that is the nuances of the narrative, which is actually building out the narrative. And you say, well, I say it's because of this. Or I say I've got this trait that I like or this trait that I've had to overcome or that I don't like. And another follow-up question would be, would you choose those parents again? If you lived your life, your entire life, into old age and you died, would you choose those parents again? And that can tell you something very deep about how you feel about your childhood and your upbringing and your life and your conditioning and your culture. I mean, these, these are all such complicated things. Like to just say straight up, how do you feel about your parents or how do you feel about your childhood? Well, that's in a sense the question would you choose to do it again? It's a little bit more deep. It's a little bit more to the point to say, would you choose your parents again? And if you say no, well, that's just as valid as saying yes. And there is pain and there is hurt in family, which can go unresolved. And if you're entertaining these sorts of questions, well, you're starting to work with those. You're starting to work with those hurts. And it shows a great maturity. And if you say no, then that's the beginning of the healing. That's the beginning of the recognizing that there's something there to work with that needs to be resolved. And the... The, the healing and pain of family is, well, that's probably too far out of the depths of this conversation. <laughs> that's probably something we have to talk about in another episode. Or maybe we need to do a whole series on it. <laughs> maybe we need to do a multi-part series on healing the wounds of family. Maybe. All I wanna, All I wanted to say here was that I wanted to keep this within the personal contemplation realm and specifically for stepping into non-being 
So non-being is, it's the start of knowing how to see the differences that are within you from a bird's eye view, a more bird's eye view. And, well, how do you do that? By asking these questions. Why did you choose your parents? Why did you choose to be born? Why did you choose to come to planet Earth? And why did you choose the gender that you are? And if it's comfortable for you to do so, right now, I invite you to sit down quietly and take a few minutes to contemplate these questions. Just take this opportunity now. Whatever it is that you wanted to do, you can put off just for a few minutes. And I'll do the same. I'll sit quietly. And just contemplate all that we've talked about here. What sort of thoughts have come up. We can sit quietly. And that's all I have to say for now.